which is if you had no prior understanding of God, no knowledge of him, that we didn't have the Bible, we didn't have anything else, what would you imagine God to be like? And we had all sorts of really brilliant, brilliant answers, actually. Um, I think I would probably affirm all of them. Um, you know, we, we know God to be powerful. We know God to be a warrior. Um, we know God, actually, to, to come among us kind of humbly, slightly in disguise, right? Uh, many people just didn't clock him when he was walking around as a human. Um, and so, you know, we, we have our perceptions of God. But you know what quality, I think, um, is one that I would kind of expect? And it's actually what Lucy said. I think we should expect the unexpected. I think that if we, if we can th think of God and fully encompass all of who he is and kind of stick him in a box, like we can, we can guess and work him all out, that's kind of not a God that's worthy of worship, right? If, we can, if, we can kind of, if he's that small that I can kind of go, well, God's like this. <laughs> like that's quite a small God. And I think we should expect God to surprise us. Today is part four of uh, our series on wisdom and folly, and I'm going to do a short, uh, short little talk on this. I'm going to hopefully need some help from, uh, from a young person or two along the way as well. But what our scripture today highlights is that the way that God works, his wisdom, is different to human wisdom. It's completely counter, in fact, to what we might expect. So at the time of Jesus, what were people's expectations? Well, in our scripture, it says that the Jews demanded signs and the Greeks looked for wisdom. Let's start with the Greeks. At the time of Jesus, there was this thing going on, spreading out, called Hellenism. And Hellenism wasn't um, the study of people called Helen or the worship of people called Helen. So if you're Helen, I'm sorry. But the gradual, uh, what Hellenism was, was the gradual spread of beliefs, uh, Greek beliefs, uh, reason, the pursuit of knowledge, the arts, these kind of very Greek philosophical ideas. And it was spreading all throughout the Roman Empire at that time, in the Middle East, in Europe, in what they called Asia, but what we now call Turkey. So for people with a Hellenistic worldview, a Greek worldview, the divine was Logical, again, kind of what Phil was saying. It's kind of, there's rhythms, you know, the sun comes up and it goes down. The moon comes out and then it goes away. There's spring and there's summer and there's autumn and winter. and spring. Like, He's predictable. There's something about God that seems like, yes, logical, predictable. This makes sense. And so for people with a Hellenistic worldview, a Greek worldview, they thought that they could reach the divine in some way, that they could attain closeness to the divine through study, through increasing in knowledge, increasing in wisdom. And at this point, I could do with the help of a young person. Um, anyone want to give me a hand at the front? Yes, Yonita, come on. So if I was going to kind of symbolize uh, what the Greek worldview might be, it might be something like this. Okay, here we go. So, have you ever been to university, Yonita? No, okay. Well, you have now. You've just graduated. Congratulations. <laughs> Woo! That's the quickest way to earn a degree, but people who have a degree don't just have one of those. This is like looking into the future, maybe, isn't it? <laughs> Doctor Yonita, who knows? Who knows? What would you, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? 
Not sure. That's okay. I don't either. So, <laughs> when I grow up, let's see. This is this. This is too small. Okay, we can do this. You're going to look amazing, Mom. If you want to come up and get a photo, kind of prophetically, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can you put it on Insta. Say, look, my my kids. They are so bright. First degree. There we go. Is that on all right? That's all right. That's pretty good. Okay, that's great. Okay, so uh, Yunita, do you want to, so if you stand, if you just stand up here, that's great. You can be my kind of symbol of um, what it means to be a Greek at the time. Somebody learned with knowledge and wisdom. She looks trustworthy, doesn't she? Yeah, if people told you, if, she, if Yunita told you stuff about God, you'd, you, would, you would believe it, right? So, so that's good. Um, the Jewish worldview is quite different. It wasn't quite like this. There was something quite different to it. Jews weren't obsessed with kind of endless philosophizing and imagining and wondering. They believed that if God wanted to make himself known, that he would do this through miraculous signs, as he'd done previously. Why might they think that? Their story indicated that that's how God met with his people, right? Think about Noah and the flood. Big, global kind of sign, world being flooded, Whoosh, water everywhere, catastrophe, uh, God dealing judgment out, you know, massive kind of signage, okay? Then God meeting Moses in the burning bush. There was this mysterious encounter, this theophany, God coming to meet with his people. He met them in, met Moses in the burning bush that wasn't consumed. There was the plagues with kind of God's interplay with Moses and, and Pharaoh in Egypt, and then the parting of the Red Sea and the destruction of uh, Pharaoh's armies uh, to save his people. And, and you, know, you think about um, Elijah and the prophets of Baal and fire coming down from the sky to consume. So it's all, it's all like fire and brimstone, clouds and pillars, and you know, it's like a big movie. So, so when the Jews thought about God, they're like, well, if God wants to reveal himself to us, it's going to be mega, right? If God comes, particularly if the God's Messiah, his chosen king comes, what we're going to end up with is fireworks. I need, uh, another, I need another helper. I need another helper. Yes. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to remind me your name. I'm so bad with names. Your name is? Jess. 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 Okay, Jess. Um, this, we might need some parental supervision. With this, or, or me? If you, do you trust me, Em? Em, do you trust me? Okay. She's like, yeah. What are you going to do with my child? I think we should should direct this just generally over there, because this this could be fun. And um, if do you want to hold that, it's going to go bang. Do you want to do that? Okay. So what you need to do is you need to twist that that way. Okay. Go harder. Go. Go on. Whoa! That was pretty cool. Okay, I might have, I might have another one or two of those to give out to the really lucky. That's what the Jewish people were expecting. They're like, whoa, God's going to show up, and it's going to be amazing. Of course he's going to show up, and it's going to be awesome, because look what he's done in our history. God is going to show up with a bang. It's going to be obvious. So these were the expectations. The Greeks, you can come down now. You've been amazing. Should we give Yonita a, a clap? She's been doing great. I might give you one of those as well. 
because you got the slightly less exciting one, it's fair to say. All right, would you like one of those? Yeah, with my, okay, bro, I'll give you one later, all right, if you come to me. Amazing, amazing. Awesome. So, from the Greek perspective, I will clear this up later on. Um, from the Greek perspective, God is logical, predictable, orderly, grow in knowledge, and you can meet with the divine. From the Jewish perspective, fireworks, amazing, it's going to be big, it's going to be spectacular. But God can't be put in a box. God won't be put in a box. Whenever we think we know what God is like, he shows us otherwise. And in fact, he even tells us this. In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I would argue, if you were going to make up a God, if you were going to go with the Greek logic, you would never invent the God of Christianity. You would invent some kind of invisible, powerful thing that is distant and aloof and kind of makes some judgment maybe about your morality based on your actions. You know, you do some good stuff, you're in. You do some bad stuff, you're out. You know, that's very logical. It's a probably very Greek kind of way of thinking. Who would invent a God that is three and is one simultaneously. And this God is born on earth as a baby and grows up to be a fully grown man who goes and does some amazing, incredible teaching, fulfilling prophecies all over the place and doing miracles, and then, and then dies on a cross, and then is risen again, and then ascends to the Father, and then the Father and the Son said, you can't invent this stuff. How would you ever make that up? I think it's a brilliant argument for the existence of God because you would never make that up. It says in our scripture today, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent I will frustrate. God doesn't only uh, not fit into the Greek box. He totally blows it apart. And when it comes to the Jewish worldview, the cross really was a stumbling block because it says in their beloved scriptures, it says, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. How on earth could their God be hung on a tree when to do so would mean to be cursed? And yet he was. Where were the miraculous signs? Where are the fireworks, this bleeding man on a cross? Surely this great king is above such a degrading, humiliating end. But Galatians 3 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So God takes the foolishness, the madness of the cross, the, the brutality and the, the, the humiliation, and he flips it and he turns it into his greatest victory. This is precisely what God is like. He turns our worldview upside down. He turns everything we think we know about him on its head. And the cross, that shameful cross, the thing that convinced so many people that it couldn't possibly be this guy, Jesus, turned out to be his chosen instrument of victory. What looked like folly to the world was in fact the pinnacle of the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are going to shift into a time of prayer 
and we're going to do something a little bit interactive. So let's all, now, maybe if young people, would you like to go back to your parents' 